For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3, and that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. everyone and welcome to meltcast 3.0 oh, shit we're in trump's america that's right we are now as we record this three days into uh, president trump head honcho trump mm. cheeto dust presidente um yeah that's happened and we're here but uh more importantly what is happening in the world of meltdown comics is we are having a Brian K. Vaughn signing on February 1st. To any of the fine friends of Melcast 3.0 who are listening in the L.A. area, we are having a signing with Brian K. Vaughn and friends February 1st here in the store. So come uh, check us out. We'll have more on the Meltdown Comics blog uh, in uh, just a day's time. Uh, Probably up as uh, you're listening to this now. Um, so that's, uh, the store news that I wanted to get out of the way straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's a big one. I said the words, I said the name of the troll. Oh yeah. Uh, I spoke Voldemort by his name. Um, Drumpf. we are in Drumpf's America, uh, three days now already the LGBTQ page has been taken down, uh, uh off the climate change too. And believe or like, I mean, I could believe it too. Uh, the one, the one petition that I signed on change.org, which now feels like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to have the same power, um, as it did before, but Mm -hmm. then I looked at it and it does basically give names on a petition to representatives like, uh, for the one that I just signed of the EPA appointment and basically saying he's completely unfit to actually protect the environment as that agency is supposed to do. Um, that was signing on a petition to, uh, as a, as a means of power for, uh, Bernie Sanders and Chuck Schumer, who are going to introduce it on the floor saying this guy is completely, um, unqualified. Um, so that's the most recent change, .org uh, petition I signed. If you're interested in uh, stopping that appointment um, as quick as you can, uh, check out change.org. Um, and also a fun thing about change.org, if you're somebody that's like, I want to do something, uh, I don't I don't have the means to do something like so elaborate or so bold. Uh, one thing I thought was cool about change.org is it tells you in an email um, who you got to sign uh, the petition as well. So you yeah. sort of see the ways of the force, the ripple effect to just your putting your name on a petition um, and getting uh, the amount of signatures that they need. Uh, so go ahead and check that out um, if you care about the environment like uh, we do here at Melcast 3.0. Um, it's, speaking of the environment, um, 
it's been a rainy, rainy, rainy stretch. Yeah, here in Los which Angeles, has been pretty cool. Have cool you, and not cool. Um, cool actually is in temperature, and cool as in to experience. Yes. Um, I'm. This has been the most rain that I've had in Los Angeles in my three plus years out hmm. here. Uh, I don't know how it stacks up to you. Does this feel like when uh, you were growing up? I remember there being a lot. Like I remember more legitimate storms, really, like real fuck. I'm just not gonna go anywhere. Yeah, like but. I had it told to me, like, oh, but when the rainy season hits, it's monsoons, and I don't think it's been quite monsoon yeah. level. But I haven't seen that in a while. It's just been consistent mm-hmm. um, rain, which was not apparent when I first moved out here. Uh, that being said, we're also recording during the rain. Yeah, and. For the past two days, I had heard that today was supposed to be, like, the most rain we're getting. Mm. It's going to be a massive storm. Yeah. And so far, that hasn't quite happened. No. I'm hoping if it does, it'll be when we're all at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on the road. Um, there's a there's times, though, when it is raining here in L.A., and I just thought, like, J.J. Abrams had to have, when he did Force Awakens, have in mind the shot of the X-Wings going across the water. Mm. Uh, as like a as an idea for when you're on the like 101 in in bumper to bumper traffic, but kind of what's moving quickly because not as many people are on the road. Mm. It's like a completely different story when you're trying to make it in LA because a lot of people just avoid driving entirely, and you'd be surprised how open these giant freeways are. I was considering taking the train today. Really? I just woke up too late. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's immediately what I think of when I see a sparse amount of like red lights kind of going quickly mm-hmm. on this freeway, but it's only because there's not as many people, um, on the road. Uh, so that's mentioning the environment, mentioning with that in mind, because of where we're at in the context mm-hmm. of 2017. Uh, um, but also that being said, uh, before our bright, shiny, sunny day of marching, I went to right. March the day before as well mm-hmm. on the inauguration Actual day. Actual inaugurational uh, day. And that rained pretty hard. Yeah. Yes, it did. It was it was interesting that uh, for the Women's March, um, at least here in Los Angeles, I don't know if it was the case in Chicago. It didn't, didn't quite look like it. Um, and the various men- multitude of cities mm-hmm. that participated in the Women's March, um, we, we had, yes, like a very – open window of sunlight um in just like weeks of rain for the women's march um which was probably eh, if you wanted to see how the universe dances with us i think was uh shining a light on something that definitely needed to happen i myself didn't participate and in a way i was kind of like i want to be a part of history but it was because of how certain i was that there was going to be massive showings of people um that i I didn't go to this one i took care of the like need to of making sure 100 percent rent is there all the bills are paid uh because my car moby uh he is now like 250 dollars more a month that I need to account for. So it was just uh, very logistic. Uh hate that I'm saying that, but in a way it was because I knew that there was going to be upwards of um, 750,000 people in downtown mm-hmm. Los Angeles. That is insane, and you were a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I When I saw the number, I was like, yeah, I could 
I could see that mm-hmm. because there were. Uh, oh man, it was so nuts. And just I was also trying to think of like, what is it going to be like later in the day, or the people that just uh, didn't end up making it because uh, mm-hmm. my plan was to take the train as it was for everybody. Yeah, and so we Ubered to the train oh, station man. because how much did that run you? Not very much. Oh, okay, because you're just uh, going to the train station. It was pretty, it was close, and it was a pool. Okay, great. Um, of people the, doing the of people were, doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But the nice. prices definitely were up. Like it was eight dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't feel like a lot, but it was so close that mm-hmm. if I had just chosen chosen Uber X, it would have been twenty dollars. Yeah. And then the train. What was that atmosphere like? Because uh, I had a number of people say that like it was very clear anyone on the platforms was pretty was much not going to get on. Yeah, and but they also just had signs and were adorned in all of the obvious signs of we're going straight to the protest right now. Yeah, but like, or that's at least our hope because it did sound like like if if anything, I saw people being like, "Yay, we're here." or I'm supporting this cause, I saw almost an equal measure, like people being like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get to downtown Los Angeles last well, night, or today. We uh, Ubered to the train station and then ended up Ubering to Chinatown from the train mm, station, mm-hmm. which there wasn't a whole lot of, it was it went smoothly, it wasn't yeah. super expensive. It was $11 that time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was insane. Like there were, I've never seen so many people at the train station, uh, an aunt of mine said that uh, they were at the Pasadena train station, which mm-hmm. is further along, and like four trains just went past because they were so filled with people. Wow. That they couldn't take all the huge, massive amounts of people that were there with them. That That's crazy. Did you, could you actually march? Were you a part of like a portion of this giant amoeba that could that march? Because uh, my sister said she got. She posed in a picture, um, her uh, soon-to... I think I've already said this on here. Her soon-to-be husband, my soon-to-be brother-in-law, once he actually proposes to her, which he's he's taking her to New York, uh, she doesn't know, um, to uh, do it. (laughs) Um, uh, He's... uh, He's Mexican. He's from Mexico City, Mm -hmm. um, from outside of Mexico City. And... uh, it's a major concern of hers that he's he's going about it legally, but he doesn't he doesn't have they haven't gotten married yet. There's no, mm-hmm. hasn't been a green card, so it's like an actual fear of theirs of what could change, and that's why they were there. And uh, um, and uh, she got a picture of her um, and says, "Don't deport my husband." Um, like nice. on her stomach, and uh, she looks like she can breathe. But she's, yeah, well, yeah, she looks like she's like standing alone with the crowd as a giant backdrop. But she said it was just like a brief moment where they did. Otherwise, it was just packed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did Uh, you actually have room to march? um, Later, yeah. And it it depended on where you were, I guess, because I got there not the earliest, but pretty early from the start of it. And uh, there was a major... They had a, a big stage on First and Broadway mm-hmm. where they were doing talks and uh, in between that. like mm-hmm. speeches, somebody would kind of say like, "If you oh, if you can, uh, feel free to move down to Sixth Street where we have another stage and we're doing more talks down that way because we have other people coming in from the other side yeah. trying to hear the same thing." And so, I think I got to hear three or four more speeches in the like just trying to shuffle. 
right. on Sixth Street. But then afterwards, it was it was almost it was bored, it was basically the entire city. Yeah, that was that it spread across and not just these few streets. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and, and it, the the other the, the thing that also like uh, blew my mind in terms of how many people were there was we were shuffling down uh, Broadway trying to get to Sixth Street, and then when you came to another intersection, you looked over to the next street over, which I think is a. Uh, Spring, mm-hmm. um, it was just as packed. Like there yeah. were other, there was a whole other insanely yeah. packed crowd of people also trying to. Be. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I I look at that and I think, how is it that anyone that isn't just like I made a difficult choice? I voted Trump just because Hillary was so unlikable or or just like the i weighed the odds and trump seemed like the better choice mm. than hillary i don't know how someone I'm, I'm not talking about that person i'm talking about somebody who likes trump who hopes for trump who views him as as their version of hope and change mm-hmm. uh i don't know how someone looks at that those pictures and thinks man what's wrong with this country Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like the that, the, the protesters that were like punching out windows oh, and like yeah. and uh, and taking out pay stations for that. They're they're masked. They mm-hmm. they could be the emboldened portion of the left. But I just I I think that anyone who causes a ruckus like that, um, there's such a a uh, fringe. Mm-hmm player and and i i know people who have protested that have overheard people trying to stir the pot not for these particular incidents but have been a part of larger protests of 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 people just coming up saying like man doesn't this get you really pissed like i just want to start raging and they look super clean cut and you're like i don't understand why they're talking to me this way and I I just think that in a similar we're 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 like in an age now where there's someone's trying to put a spin on everything. Like you were reading an article about is it wrong to punch Nazis? Yeah. And we were talking about it through the lens of like this shop that we have been subject to watching Nazis get punched in the face and not batting an eye about it. Because for like seventy plus years, in it's been so like clear cut good and evil. Yeah, it's been the like defining staple of Americana of that just Nazis are bad, and we've watched Captain America do it. We've watched Indiana Jones, countless examples of pop culture where a Nazi gets punched in the face, and now we have we see articles being like is it wrong to punch a nazi in the face and when we're we're talking about this we're talking about richard spencer the poster boy for the Mm alt-right um that the internet took to calling an actual nazi um and and you look at past texts that he's spoken or written um that is happily heaped all of this what if we lived in a in a culture where the the blacks were just uh, uh, subjects of genocide. Yeah, um, is, is is how he would phrase it. Um, it, it. He gets punched in the face, 
it becomes a, a gif um, and meme like fodder for the internet. Mm-hmm. I think you showed me Sonic rings oh, getting yeah. punched he gets out of punched him. Punched in Sonic rings. <laughs> yeah. um, it like I I'm I'm not a violent person, mm. but I if anyone wants to stand on a platform that talks about things that happily uh calls for the quote unquote Roman salute, hmm. the Nazi salute, saying that that's no no, that's a Roman salute and you need to know your history, you need to know your culture, and and wants to try and pretend like that's not subverting a hail Hitler, hail Trump, which he actually said hail Trump. Like, like it's like hail the king or something like that. He's trying to be like cheeky like that. We're kind of in an age now where how much of how much of a platform are we going to give to people that are just inciting hate? Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm trying to like it. It, it feels like this like catch twenty two of a loop of of uh, of we're humoring to be not violent. Yeah, but it's also like a this is also us, you know. Stopping it before, I, well, I mean, I guess it has gone too far already. But yeah. trying to stop it before it keeps going, like that 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 article you're reading uh, in itself is: is it wrong to punch a Nazi? The past seventy years would suggest not, but because no one has felt emboldened to come out and just basically say, "I'm not a Nazi," wink, wink. You know, that's when it's like, well, should we be? Should we be? Uh, exercising what 70 years of pop culture has pretty much said. It's mm-hmm. really okay for you to do this thing. We're not the Empire. We're the New Order. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so that that happened, and, and I couldn't help but bring it up in the lens of our show where we 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 know it's, that it's been okay to do this thing for forever. And because I might not do that... Um, uh, sucker punch someone who's speaking. I'm not gonna feel bad about somebody who brings that on themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just weird that we also live in the America we do, where the press secretary for the president comes out, makes it very clear that they're butt hurt about <laughs> the media's portrayal of what was quote unquote a massive showing. Mm-hmm. Um, which there was, I'm, I'm sure that there's, there's pockets of pictures where you could just get the isolated Trump, you know what I mean? Where it doesn't look like there's throngs of people. I saw the inaugural address. I saw that there was, it looked like a normal inaugural address to me. Whenever you show like DC, the culture around that is like, let's go watch the president get sworn in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't. It didn't seem like there was massive amounts, and he was trying to play up the numbers. Like there was so much, there was so much altercations to the lawn that they had to do to just house that many people. It 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 is grossly um, inadequate when you compare it to the numbers of people that showed up in multiple cities. Being like, let's just shut down our entire downtown area. Yeah. To say, I don't stand with this man at all. Um, and I don't know how anyone goes, well, shouldn't we be rooting for him? Shouldn't we, you know, want him to succeed? Shouldn't we want our country to succeed? 
uh, every, uh, this is just dividing us up even more. I don't know how, I, I don't know how you could like have that opinion when he is as divisive as he is. Yeah. Like he's like, he's basically saying, I want to, I want to like make it clear that if the media pushes us, we're going to push back mm. this press secretary. It, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. And it, it, it almost defies logic so much that I don't know how, I don't know how to approach it logically. You just have to go and find the alt facts. The alt facts. Did you see that from today? Mm-mm. No, that, tell me. Uh, what's her name? Conway. Oh, Kelly Conway. Kelly Conway was being interviewed, and they're asking like, why would the first thing that the secretary addresses is a lie, or he calls it a uh, a falsity? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I forgot what she was talking. They were she was ar- arguing all about like the media. Is like betrayed it so wrong, blah blah blah, uh, and they were talking about the numbers, which nobody could get, but they had and knew that it was the largest, but nobody can get. So those are just alt facts. Yeah, I was like what? Yeah, I, um, the press secretary talked about it. He was like, "There's no way that the numbers can be calculated because the park service won't show everyone how massive this was." But I can say that it was a lot of people. It's just like. This like feels like the first understanding of somebody who's in business who only cares about numbers trying to hide behind his imaginary numbers mm-hmm. that pale even 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 when you're being imaginary about it you know that if you try and inflate them beyond what we'll even accept like comparing that to what we already know which is huge Portions of the populace of metropolitan areas in our country showed up in droves. Aerial shots of just entire cities very clearly showing that they're in support of the Women's March. And I thought it was interesting that... that It is interesting when you... I, I always think about it, the, the, the portion of... of uh, or the, the march that I was with. Bernie's unity march Mm. um, was through the lens of Bernie, of seeing him as a figure that could unite. And to me, it showed how how unifying his message was because of the throngs of different movements that were under that umbrella. Mm. Uh, We had Standing Rock. We had the Green Party. We had um, even a communist, you know, which... Which it was, it, it was, it was just talking about all of these different people with different opinions. Realizing we might not, we are offering our approach to the situation, but we can at least exist with a number of people that have different opinions as us because the the root focus of what Bernie was trying to do was was to get at what is inherently wrong with our system mm-hmm. as it stands right now. That was amazing. Seeing the women's march, that was pretty. With the lens of women's march, that was pretty amazing. Just to consider our our president is doing nothing to make a woman feel like she's worth anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't even pay lip service to that. Mm-hmm. 
otherwise, why would million plus millions of people show up to protest? Because that's just a myth that's fabricated by the media. I you can't fake those pictures. You also you can't you can't say that the media is putting a slant when you are using Twitter and media to get your own word out and you can't you can't do anything beyond say things like I love the Mexicans and and show yourself eating like a taco bowl like mm-hmm. you you're entrenched in the media your message of I love and respect women and uh I think it's important to say these things to ensure to make sure that you don't feel apart from the whole can't even can't even do that mm. so it's and to and to show and to have a showing like that it was it's pretty incredible mm-hmm. pretty incredible stuff it was nuts what did uh what did Desiree take from it did she like did you guys uh, talk about it or was it just like something you experienced together I'd say mostly experienced together but the other the other thing that I kept thinking about that is um I get it but also feels strange is um for a portion of Broadway there was like a bunch of there was tents of people like uh tents with people you know doing a similar thing of like hey we're the green party hey we're this right. or hey we're this kind of organization but there's also a lot of food trucks and so for that portion with all the food trucks it felt like this is kind of this part here feels like a like a block party more than it does mm, a kind of okay. march protest. But I also get it. People need to eat. Businesses need to make money. But yeah. Like, huh. I mean, that just sounds like people capitalizing on. And yeah, yeah I could see how the... But in a way, you're kind of like if... If seven hundred and fifty thousand people are downtown, like... You're going to go downtown to sell your food. Yeah, yeah let's... And let's... It, it seems okay that... Those people it, should be fed yeah. if they need it there uh, in the moment. Yes. Yes. But that's, uh, it, that was also happening the day before, though, with food trucks at the end. And I was like, ah, oh, I feel weird being at a a protest march but standing in line for some mac and cheese. <laughs> like, there's, those two things well, don't I, quite I, I don't think but, of you sure. as less of a person <laughs> because you took the opportunity to grab food after – um, being in a giant mass of bodies. Um, but to also further bring uh, into the fold uh, the fact that we are Melcast 3.0, how yes. eerily similar his inaugural address was to Bane's address to the citizens of Gotham. Um, yeah, I as soon as I heard it, I went, there's, that's, like, there's this weird... In the back of my mind, like, I just feel so, this shiver up my spine, I've I've felt this before, (laughs) that was Bane! And then sure enough, like, a number of people caught that same, and I just go, I just think, I'm like, here's somebody that wants to exist so much online, in public discussion, the way that Melania was talked about as Mm. having just basically plagiarized Michelle Obama. Was there a part of him that's like, you know what? I don't want to be exactly like Bane, but if I throw a little Bane flavor into it, they're going to freak the fuck out. Like, I, I, I feel like there's that level of dubious, like in 
intention going into his public speaking. Well, that's why I'm, like, I'm, I want to know so bad whether the person that wrote the speech, because surely he couldn't have written a speech, uh, was either like, this will be fucking great. We're going to make him look like an idiot. Or that person writing the speech was the idiot. And like, ah, uh, that or, familiar. Or if it's just a judgment on... on uh, people like us who are like, I saw what you did. That was fucking pain. Like, mm. like laughing, like this is going to make them lose their shit. Like I, if there's that like level of like thought being put into it of like, you know what? Let's not even, let's not even worry about saying anything of substance or let's, let's laugh as a portion of the country thinks like, see, he is giving power back to us and another going that's straight up what a villain (laughs) says a sociopath says um so yes that's the last thing that i i think need be said in our opening Mm -hmm. um is uh president bain is going to be rolling out his agenda and we need to stop his dirty bomb (laughs) of uh nuclear fusion technology from blowing up in our faces um Moving on to nerdy news, the staple of Melcast 3.0. We had a number of trailers drop uh, in this past week. The first of which we watched here just before. Even I, I've watched it about like eight times now. We watched it here, and it was your first experience of the Logan trailer. Uh, I thought it was pretty badass. And I remember... Uh, rumors, I guess, a while ago here, uh, hearing people say, like, is X-23 going to be in the next X-Men? <laughs> yeah. Is X- I heard uh, that kind of stuff, and I totally forgot about that until this trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, man, she, Cause she, she kicked ass. She did, and she only got just, like, a light showing, mm-hmm. like, in the first trailer. It was basically setting up the world, the tone, where Logan was at, and then you got a glimpse of a girl, and you're like... Dude, that's got to be X twenty three, and I, then it. I forgot about. X23. I know there was a lot of people that I talked to that didn't catch that the first mm-hmm. time, um, and uh, they were like, "How'd they keep that secret?" And I was like, "Well, they didn't. They kind of give you flavor in the first one." Because for me, I don't know about anyone else, but like, just the game of releasing trailers, I think, is like a fascinating part of a movie ex- experience. Is mm-hmm. when they're released, the buzz that they generate. Um, things like uh, Rogue One showing a TIE fighter coming at Jin, but mm-hmm. not being in the theatrical cut. Like I- I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And this was an amazing trailer for Logan. It was, it just, it took what was great about the first trailer and just like amplified it through the lens of pretty much one character. But seeing how uh, there was, there was seeing how it played into kind of the trinity of Logan, Professor X, and now X-23. Mm-hmm. Um, their, and their trek across what is now a, a self-aware um, Fox universe. They showed the comic books from X-Men. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it was it was actually pretty brilliantly done. It mm. showed Logan just picking up the comic saying about a quarter of it happened and not like this like i thought that was i thought that was kind of brilliant cuz we even we haven't even gotten like a level of self-awareness like that from 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they don't have a character like Deadpool, so I could see how Fox is, like, taking liberties like that. But um, if you want more information on that comic that they show, um, I think on almost all of the uh, comic book forums that I read, there's some pretty in-depth looks into what that comic means and why that would be kind of a, a, a good like not yeah um so definitely check that out uh what what else what else about Uh, logan like caught you as striking i know there was a there's two different versions of the trailer so if you haven't heard of this last little tag definitely try and find it because there was two different trailers there was one that like fuck is said twice and I go, okay, well they've already broken the rule, even though we knew it was rated R for <laughs> the violence. Like they're definitely probably going to take some liberties with uh, some fucks flying. Um, but there's a trailer where Logan says, holy fuck when he sees X 23. And then at the end, there's a tag from uh, professor X basically saying, uh, I've had one meal in two days. She's 11 and I'm fucking 90. Uh, I thought it was brilliant to hear. I, I don't know if it's just I haven't heard really um Sir Patrick Stewart swear before but it was just such a it was such a it was the a f- greatest way of saying fuck it. Yeah, it was uh we have this very elevated character uh just being tired and uh letting a fuck fly. I thought it was uh pretty brilliant. Um I think on the same day we got the Power Rangers trailer, the second one. Oh, I um, which we've talked about now the past couple times just because I think they've done a really good job of slowly letting out information and in little bits here and there. Um, but yeah, the Power Rangers second trailer dropped. Um, we got to see Goldar, um, which if you're a, a fan of the original show, know that it's just like a basically looks like a blue face lion um, with a human body in like a gold suit. Um, and uh in the movie, he's he's basically gold. He's just like gold anthropomorphized um, with a face. Um, and we get better glimpses at the Zords. Uh, and Zord, speaking Zord, Zordon, um, we actually get to see. And oh, he looks... Yeah, there's a number of uh, people that posted pictures. Uh, that was basically that rectangle that has like pins that you like put on your hand. And like it keeps a... That's what... He looks like. Oh, nice. So he, uh, uh, but to hear Brian Cranston voicing him, I was like, this isn't the, like, this isn't the Zordon of the show that's kind of like, oh, Ranger, like, uh, really, like, kind of truly cheesy voice to hear him legitimized is, uh, is also kind of nice. Um, so I was pretty happy about that. And then again, uh, we saw the trailer in, in the space before we started recording today for Wilson, Wilson, which, uh, inform the listeners who aren't familiar, um, with what that title is. Wilson is a book by Dan Klaus about, uh, you guessed it, Wilson, uh, in the movie, oh man, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but uh, the revelation—I don't think it's too much a spoiler. The yeah. revelation that uh, he has a daughter yeah. that he didn't know about, and his ex-wife never bothered to tell him about. Played by Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, and who's playing Wilson? Uh, Woody Harrelson. Yes. I also got his name. 
and he looks like he's just going to do a fantastic job. Uh, Wilson's very special to us because Daniel Klaus is a friend of the store. He's done uh, the um, actual depiction of Mel for us, Um, the original Mel, our mascot. Also, the lettering outside on the store is um, the lettering of his doing. Very close friend of the store. And uh, it's at least a joke of the store how close uh, Wilson looks (laughs) to our store owner, Gaston, um, we, we can't get it out of Daniel if that's substantiated or not, but, um, it's at least a joke of the store. Yeah. How close Wilson and, and Gaston. Very easily believable. Yeah. 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 When you, when you look at Woody Harrelson, if you just imagine, imagine him as a little bit taller, um, Chilean form, that's, mm. yeah, that's, uh, well, or I guess Woody Harrelson would be shorter and less Chilean. But um, that's uh, that's our our guest on for us. Um, so that was a funny trailer, and the and it's interesting oh, yeah. the to uh, compare that to today's cast because the last tag of that trailer is him sitting in oh, yeah. jail opposite someone with a swastika on his face, joking about how that's kind of the end all argument, isn't it? And he's like, "What do you mean?" Well, it's basically saying. I don't want a job at all. I just want to <laughs> enslave your race. And then he gets hit in the face with a uh, a tray. And I would say the defining thing about the character of Wilson is that he just he speaks his mind and he has no clue and how it's going to play against the whole of all the characters he's surrounding himself with. Yeah, which is kind of refreshing. There was a way in which the the humor in the trailer felt very. It felt very indie, but it felt like kind of a of an older era, mm-hmm. like a sort of nineties um, innocence to it. It's it's commenting on all the kind of seedier things about today's culture, but very innocently. Uh, I couldn't help but like feel reminded of Ghost World, thinking like this fits yeah. in so well with Ghost World, yeah. even just from this trailer. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 cut in a very fast paced way. Um, and the titles, the titles embrace the comic nature of it. Um, mm-hmm. The text looks like straight out of a comic book, so um, or graphic novel, and it it it's it looks like a really good um, uh, film. So we also had some possible casting, um, which mm-hmm. I was uh, I was kind of like okay about uh, for Green Lantern in the DC Extended Universe the rumor was that possibly James Marsden could uh, be cast I have to say um, I wasn't given a, a call uh, a little surprised <laughs> um, but I I like James Marsden I've liked James Marsden since I saw him in uh, X-Men in 2000 but that was in 2000 it's 2017 he, how could be like an older hero? Well, but seventeen years between I'm the hero and this and like a young, uh, he I am the young hero leader of the group to seventeen years plus. It just seems like kind of an older casting that I I like James. I want him to have. I would not be super disappointed if he was cast there's some people that i think are just like they brought up ryan reynolds again oh actually and i was just like i would think if there's any one person that wouldn't be brought up again it would be ryan reynolds but 
I I think that was just I think that was just to like that had to that no one really yeah no one really considered that one, um but yeah I I think James Marsden wouldn't be bad I just I think if you have a as as young a Flash as you have in Ezra Miller. Mm. It needs to be a younger Green Lantern. It just has to be like, otherwise, otherwise, Flash is truly just going to be a kid. There needs to be somebody on the similar platform as Flash. Well, I for, I for, and Cyborg. I'm not sure. Didn't didn't you say that the Green Lantern movie will be like they will already be established? Yeah, this isn't going to be yes originy. Yeah, because in in that case, I can see them being like. You're right. Jeez. You're right. And and I I guess I'm thinking of that more in terms of like just how the story starts. So he mm. could be seasoned. He could have had a lot of adventures with the Green Lantern Corps and if anything he could just be the older definition to like they might be wanting to roll with not just getting John Stewart off the ground um and possibly Guy Gardner but also get Kyle Rayner in there, and now that they have Jessica Cruz, they might want to pull the trigger on getting a female Greenland in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Simon Baz um, as a Muslim American character. Um, so yeah, it, that could be the case. And like I said, I won't be disappointed terribly from a fanboy place, but in a way, because such a poor job was done on the first Green Lantern. I, I I would love to basically be like fuck yeah about a a casting of like my favorite hero yeah you know and I can't even um I I I don't have anyone in mind in Hollywood that would be that like fuck yeah this is an awesome choice um other than myself <laughs> really I just can't I can't do it um but I can acknowledge that. It's been a really long time since we've seen a Hal with a little bit of curl in his hair from the 70s. Um, Ethan Von Skyver took all the curl out and gave him, like, really swoopy hair, uh, which I love Ethan Von Skyver. Um, but I, I do have some curl in my hair, so I'd, I'd be kind of an older school Hal. We could go Chris Pratt. <laughs> we could go Chris Pratt, but He's he seems to be busy. He seems to be busy. Um... I think they talked about um, Jake Gyllenhaal as a possibility too, um, which again wouldn't disappoint me. Army Hammer, I think, also is a one that they're really talking about. Mister Lone Ranger, um, mm. one of the one, both of the Winklevoss twins in Social Network, um, and uh, I don't. I don't know. I I almost I I want to hear from more Green Lantern fans because I can't think of I can't think of anyone that's like a shoe in like yes get this guy. Um, I don't know if you've had any like if Cumberbatch was that for you for Doctor Strange. If there's anyone that you're Joaquin like Joaquin Phoenix was that for Doctor Strange. For you're me. right. Oh my god, I forget that. Oh my god, Joaquin like, Phoenix would have been so fucking good. Yeah. Oh, he would have done such a good job with it. It's it still came out fine. Yeah, but uh, I forgot. Uh, I'm happy with um, oh man, what's her name? Captain Marvel. Oh, Allison Bree or no? And, uh, uh, um, oh my god! Listen to us. We did this. <laughs> oh, we're such. Damn it, rookies, rookies. Um, but yes, I know who you're talking about. I remember they were going 
they were considering or talking about um, Emily Blunt. I was like, I could. Yeah. She was good. Or even uh, Jennifer Lawrence, which seemed, sure, uh, a little too obvious, but I thought she would she's, be perfect. She's uh, Brie Larson. Is Brie who, Larson. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I knew Brie was in there. Um, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence has pretty much already said that she's like over the overplaying Mystique and wants to be yeah. she threw out even being a part of Guardians of the Galaxy and I think that's because she's sitting next to Chris Pratt when she's talking about it yeah um, but she would have been a great Captain Marvel yes she looks just like her well yeah yeah, yeah. I don't I, I have she's another one um, they just came out with uh, the first issue for that um, for Captain Marvel the mm. mighty Captain Marvel I believe is the yes the Mar- mighty Captain Marvel um, just came out uh, as a number one. Um, so check that out if you're interested in in that character to see and to gr- get some opinions and some thoughts on what what, what will be uh, for Brie Larson um, the next coming up movie. She's going to be Kevin Feige's already said that she's going to be super powerful compared to a lot of people. Um, we also got confirmed that uh, Nebula from Guardians is going to play fairly major role in uh, Infinity War which is basically confirmation that yes we will be understanding me as the daughter of Thanos so that actually does elevate her character a lot when you think of it in the larger continuity um, that they're honoring that part about her character Um, also in terms of comic book movie news we got um, the confirmation that there will be two Shazam movies the oh. Shazam title, and then um, with whatever subtitle could be offered, maybe it'll just be Shazam, but also a Black Adam movie. Yeah, which the Rock is playing Black Adam right? exactly, and since he's he's gonna be the the bigger draw than probably who they cast as the main hero. It should get Vin Diesel. As, <laughs> I mean, I. It's a fucking movie, right I, there. I don't know about that one. Um, to play <laughs> Kid Grows Into Vin Diesel, that'll be so strange. Um, I think it'll be a tricky thing to translate to the screen, um, the Shazam mm-hmm. portion. I think because it makes so much sense uh, to do a Black Adam movie that they. I don't know how it's going to carry its own. It's, it, I, I think what it is is they're going to be like, oh, we saw him in Scorpion King. It made some money. We can basically make him Scorpion King, just take away the Scorpion element and make him ruler of Egypt because uh, that's where, rather than the Greek gods that Shazam pulls his powers from, mm. uh, Black Adam pulls his powers from the uh, Egyptian gods. Mm. So... It makes sense to me. Um, and give him the ponytail again. <laughs> no ponytail. No, he's going to have like a receding hairline type deal because that's how Black Adam is defined as having kind of the widow's peak with a mm. deep, deep receding hairline, uh, which will be easy for him because I believe The Rock is uh, for sure bald. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's coming. Uh, and then... Uh, to wrap up the nerdy news, uh, we basically got Rogue One passing the $1 billion mark. So Rogue One making a great showing. Um, if it remained in theaters a little bit longer um, and after I pay rent and all the bills, I, I could see myself going to it again one more mm. time, which would make 
three times for me um, in terms of a theatrical run, which I feel like when I go to something three times in theaters, it's like, yeah, that was a good movie. I, I want to go see it again, but there's also other really good movies that I would like. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen Moonlight. I saw it. I haven't it. seen La La Land. I saw oh, – I've seen them oh. both. They're both in the running for me. I need to see – in terms of uh, all the buzz that I've had uh, directed at me, mm. it sounds like the only other film that I need to see – Hidden Figures? Is not Hidden Figures, oh. no. I I heard that it's a – good movie but not buzzworthy um is that uh is manchester by the sea mm. that it's like heavy and uh you know is not necessarily immediately uplifting but not uh, there not a reason to not go see it i've heard um, the same <laughs> um but a lot of everyone i know that has seen manchester by the sea was like yeah definitely go see it if if you're if you're seeing things to be considered uh, for uh, Oscar oh, for, run, yeah. um, but I saw Moonlight. Moonlight, Moonlight, La La Land. I enjoyed. Um, Moonlight is probably my more favorite. Mm. Um, oh, that I, I just remembered. On the way to the march, I passed by uh, a hotel in Chinatown that has on their their boards says La La Land is filmed here. I had no, I huh, sure. interesting. I could believe it. It's an older portion of town that mm-hmm. probably has maintained some of its historical look. Yeah. Um, but Moonlight, Moonlight was brilliantly told. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a great deal of nuance. It was visually engaging. I think it's an important movie in terms of, of context, um, of, you know, uh, black identity, uh, masculinity, and homosexuality and how... Right now, we just view them as not similar. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're uh, a gay black man, that somehow makes you less masculine. And basically, the creators, the writers, saying that's not true. That's simply untrue. Um, and the form in which it was told with three actors playing the same character. I'm such mm-hmm. a sucker for three-act structure, um, strong th- three-act structure. Um, and it was it was well done. I also enjoyed... La La Land. Um, I, I, I think it's for Hollywood to pat itself on the back by giving everything to La La Land is kind of uh, like that's all, that formula is almost always going to be a shoe in. Then if you just write love letters to Hollywood continuously, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't surprise anyone that Hollywood congratulates itself, but. I did. I did like La La Land, so I'm not going to be enraged if Moonlight. I don't think Moonlight should win everything, even though performances were great. They were kind of fractured in a way because of the storytelling. Mm. Whereas Gosling shreds it up on the freaking <laughs> piano, and he's so likable. You know, like Fuck. Yeah. I <laughs> when I compare it to all the other performances, Manchester is about the only one that I need to see because that's the one I hear all the performances are great. And Michelle Williams is in it. She's the actress um, in Blue Valentine, which is like, Mm. I will never stop saying that that is one of my favorite movies ever, which also features Gosling. Um, And I I was worried that she was going to just be typecast as like white girl who cries a lot. Um, But the director of um, three short films that I've done um, with he he and I went to go see Moonlight together 
um, and he's from his his family's from Ethiopia, um, and we sat in moonlight, and he's like, you know what, this this gives me hope, and I was like, what? And he's looking around the theater. We went to uh, uh, Vintage Theater in Los Feliz, oh. um, which is a small, small like set of auditoriums. Like when they say vintage, they truly mean it. Um, and he's looking around this theater and he's the only person of color in the audience. And he's like, this is what gives me hope for America. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, that they're going to see it. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's entirely white people in this room about a film, uh, for, uh, about a gay black man. So he, so that was kind of positive experience to, to share with him. And another reason why, I'll, I'll, I'll probably remember Moonlight more than than La La Land. I mean, in a way, because La La Land is commenting on an experience that's very familiar to mm. me, and trying to make it in in Hollywood, um, it was a little too glossy for how I feel. And in a way, it sparked what I I um, just got um, writer duet, which is a program. Um, they've talked about on script notes, uh, which my roommate listens to religiously. If you are a fan of podcasts and uh, have come to Melcast, chances are you've already heard about script notes and are listening to it. But if you haven't, definitely check it out if you have any dreams of writing anything in your life. Um, and also look online. There is a, a program that's much better than Celtics, which is like the oldest form of free writing online. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty awesome. And if you want off offline capabilities, you can pay a flat rate. Um, that's still cheaper than, um, final draft, which is what a lot of writers have used. But, um, why I bring it up is because La La Land, while it made me happy that a message of go out there and pursue your dreams was being put into the canon. I feel like it was told almost in a dangerous way that doesn't really depict Hollywood as it should. Mm. Like we're we're so in love with the idea that is it, it modern day or it is not, it oh. is, but it has this 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 air of like the ghosts of Hollywood, yeah, like the I, that's idealized. What I thought it was. I had no idea it was like it, it is almost essentially applying the gloss of of old Hollywood onto modern day, which it's like, if you were in Hollywood right now, you would see homeless people. Yeah. You would see uh, just shops closing. You would see it would, you would realize that it's really, really hot. And we're basically in desert. We're next to Mexico. Like there's just ways in which they, they distract you from what the true experience is. And so I started writing, um, kind of an analog for my own. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I'm about 20 page, 25 pages deep into that. Um, Damn. Yeah, so, but it's, I, I plan to do a feature um, of it, so, uh, but it, it's Hollywood, like, everyone's got a script. Uh, you have to get it out and you have to, like, um, get people's input. So, uh, I who knows, maybe I'll, I'll, make it so we can give a read to that one once it's done. But yeah, that, that, that in La La Land inspired me. I took from it the positives that it offered and the things that I thought it lacked. I kind of wanted to be like, actually there's a truer side to LA. That's not necessarily meant to depress you mm. or anything, but I, I, for someone, for someone who's coming from the Midwest where we already like, 
those we, are the things that you notice the most. Yeah, we 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 love the idea of Hollywood, and I feel like anyone that wants to pursue that dream that La La Land inspires, there's a healthy like exposure to what re- it's really like out here that I feel like Hollywood's almost never tried to show because then it would like take away some of the power yeah. of Hollywood's draw which I don't I don't think is true I think it's just like in a way stripping the naivete of someone like myself that's coming there being like they're just going to roll out the red carpet for me and I wasn't as bad as like other people that I know who just basically get here a year in and be like oh why isn't everyone just jacking me off and stroking my ego like when I was a, a big fish in a small pond mm. um, and just leave after a year? Like I haven't – like I've I've lasted longer than the people that probably were more talented than me and more the L.A. type, quote-unquote. Um, but I'm sure with you – I don't know. Like you've grown up in the area and you've – do you look at like – old Hollywood films or like any of that and go like, well, that's so counter to my experience. Uh, well, whenever I do see that stuff, I, I try and I guess, I don't know. Cause I think of it more as a, a difference in time. Mm. Whereas like, uh, the joke is always how people talk to like, well, they talk really fast and talk like this. Yeah, yeah. And then, the, uh, just trying to think like, well, how much of that, is true. Mm-hmm. I don't know because that was just a different time, and I don't mm-hmm. know anybody that talks like that. And maybe there were some people that did. I don't know. Uh, and maybe it did look like that then. I don't know. I only know what it looks like now. So you, so then you feel like you don't have enough examples. Because really, when you say old uh, Hollywood movies. I'm thinking like black and white. Okay, so typewriters. So then, <laughs> then I would, uh, <laughs> I would ask. Do you have any other than say La La Land? Do you have any modern glimpses into either LA lifestyle or that you can cite that you feel like you've had? Because I almost feel like I don't have uh, any Hollywood stories that are modern day. Uh, this is coming. This is it's fuzzy in my mind. I want to say love. Which is uh, mm. that show on Netflix? Okay, I've been I've, told to watch that several times. It's pretty good, and I, from what I can remember, everything is like, uh, I guess, makes sense of like uh, that kind of thing, or where you see somebody in one location and say, "Oh, we're gonna go here," and it make like the show makes sense. I guess the landscape of LA makes yeah. sense in the show. Okay, whereas other places are like these are. These are too far away, or these are two completely different kind of things. Yeah. Uh, that and I Love You, Man, I think, because I just watched it yesterday and oh, never yeah. realized all the locations. Yeah, so, yeah. I it's, it's interesting because when I first moved out here, I was picking up, once I got the lay of the land and the topography, it was kind of like, oh, oh, I've been hearing references to these places for a while now but there's sort of a like let's talk about los Feliz. let's talk about house of blues on sunset let's talk about uh the valley like tarzana i watched uh, boogie nights and they were like there i think mark Wahlberg's like i'm from tarzana have you heard of that and sort of i i was sort of like dude 
anyone who's just blown into town has at least heard of it. If you've lived here, you know that that's at least an exit like further on the 101. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, but yeah, there's like in terms of like the actual like details, mm. they've they've been sprinkled, but in, like a mood, an affect, like a mm. man. That's like L.A. at that time. Um, I felt like La La Land was just a little too polished. Mm. Um, and and talking because it was talking about an older time too. Like Gosling's character is a jazz player. I don't feel like jazz is too prevalent or prevalent in L.A. at the moment right mm. now. Um, but that's more or less what he's trying. He's trying to bring that back. If in anything. A way. It's the location, and there just happens to be jazz there. Yeah, like yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you went to Clifton's and there was the jazz actual band playing the somewhere. actual club they cite is a is a spot. There's like there's a made up one, and then there's an actual club that they mentioned that is a spot that does play jazz. Um, so there's a way in which they're playing into that, but I don't. I mean, in terms of like historically places of jazz mm-hmm. in. I don't think L.A. really – it's interesting that L.A. – that a figure in L.A. is trying to bring that back because New York and Chicago and New Orleans already have, like, like deep roots into jazz. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting when you think about it, and I know Damien Chazelle, the director, is a big fan of jazz, can play drums, has said that he gets more nervous playing drums now in his adult life than he would directing or anything just because he wants, he's at more of a focus and wants to do well Mm -hmm. at it. Um, but yeah, I, so that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with my relationship to La La Land. Like I wasn't so smitten with it because I had some like inherent problems with the depiction of LA. Mm -hmm. Like I know it's doing, it's, it's kind of like, I want to say it's doing good for, for, friends and family back home with being like here's a hollywood movie but i'm sort of like it's sort of like going to war and like and like listening to people that are like yeah i i can't wait to fight the nazi regime and and the japs and (laughs) go over there and give them a punch yeah and it's sort of like boy let me tell you about what it's like over there uh that's kind of how i want to react um but yeah so that's uh that's the last digression for stemming from nerdy news. Uh, we should talk about our picks of the week. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the honors of going first. Um, Which title do you want to talk about very first? This one for, I feel like a lot of reasons we've talked about. My first pick is world of Wakanda. Number three. Yes. Is this the, for those of you that know immediately what Wakanda is, is this a um, storyline within Black Panther? Like the title of Black Panther? Or is this like a side story, like its own title? It's a side story that will tie, like that's that's something I wanted to bring up that um, uh, I guess confuses me a little or makes it difficult Mm. to follow because... Uh, this is issue three. The story so far is taking place before Infinity. Ah, uh, uh, okay. And so I loved Infinity, but that was so long ago now that there, there's lots of gaps in what I remember. So right, uh, and there's lots of time jumps. 
uh, or I guess not time jumps, but uh, they'll skip ahead a mm-hmm. lot of time, and uh, it can get confusing as to like, wait, what just happened? Right. Like, oh yeah, I forgot that that happened, or I don't remember, you know, Black Panther and Namor talking after the flood, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, it follows the uh, Dora Milaje. And I always want to say Dora Malaje. Mm. That's not that I read a lot of Spanish, but that's how you read yeah, it in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the Dora Malaje, uh, and you—it mostly focuses on Ao and Aneka, mm-hmm. which I believe is how you say those names. Um, and they're like secret, but not so secret romance that they have going on when they're supposed to be like. Are those the bodyguards of Black Panther? They're the bodyguards of Black Panther. The There's female bo- uh, fem- bodyguards. They're all female, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to all be, like, they're his bodyguards, but also potential wives. And so... Oh, okay. Uh, Ao, like, uh, it's Ao, right? Ao or Aneka. I forgot. Uh, because there's so many, like, it's all, well, to me, it's all new characters. Mm-hmm. Um She's worried, like, oh, this feels like betrayal. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's hard to get used to mm-hmm. because I'm, I've been trained or I've been told to be prepared to marry Black Panther, mm-hmm. which he doesn't want to do. But uh, so they're uh, they're having their romance while also kind of uh, figuring out the politics of Wakanda now that. Namor has attacked Wakanda. They're trying to fix the city. Black Panther is not quite anywhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Infinity's going on. So I know, like, the big grand picture when they talk yeah. about, like, oh, he's on a mission that's very important that he can't tell us about. Uh, so, but it's them being like, well, he's the fucking king. Where is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is Tanahasi Coates writing it. Uh, no, correct? this is Roxanne Gay. Is it? Uh, okay. Tanahasi Coates is. Uh, he's writing the Black Panther the, story. Yes, the Black the, Panther. What title? did they give him? He's the consultant. Okay. For this book. Um, so it definitely sounds like they are. Um, and I noticed this right away with uh, issue number one of Black Panther. I think in a way it's it was uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates knowing, like, we don't have such a hard definition of Wakanda mm. um, as probably need be at this point. And for Black Panther, like, in a way he he was almost, I feel like, Jeff Johnsing it and saying there's some really key things about Wakanda that need to remain. But if anything, we, like, make those stronger um, elevate them a little bit and then just flesh out into detail Wakanda. So it makes sense to me in a way they're going back to Infinity mm. because that Infinity and Secret Wars, that when we talk about Hickman, I mean, that's the that's the the largest like venture into world building into multiverse almost building for uh, Marvel. So it makes sense that if they want to flesh out Black Panther in the world of Wakanda, as it said, mm. um, using the backdrop of Infinity sounds like a smart choice. Yeah, especially leading up to, I guess, where the present day Black Panther would be, where everything is right. so fractured. 
Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, then you mentioned uh, the writer. Yes. Who's doing art on it? It is... Uh, by the way... Yes. I don't... I'm not sure if we actually still have any, but Roxanne Gay came in uh, mm, that's a few right. weeks ago and signed some copies of number two. Cool. Uh, and then... ta was in... He was just here the other day and signed... It's crazy. Uh, I forgot the the new the newest issue of Black Panther. What number that is? It was so saying. low key. He he just showed up. That's crazy. And uh, and volume two of Black Panther. For those of you that don't know, you probably should at this point. And I don't usually low key shame people, but if you don't know Tanahasi Coates, he uh, is a writer for the Atlantic, MacArthur um, Award winner, and uh, prominent voice within the Black Lives Matter. Uh, movement that is quoted saying, um, paraphrasing a little bit, that um, hip-hop, tabletop gaming, and comics uh, were what raised him, basically. Mm. Uh, and he made his uh, uh, venture and uh, debut with Black Panther in the comics. And it's just like everyone I know uh, has enjoyed it. So definitely yeah. check it out. So it was, it was a big deal for him to visit the store. Um, and it was, it was funny. It was just in such a low key way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely saw that on Twitter when we tweeted out. So who's, uh, on the artistic uh, side? Aletha E. Martinez is penciling and Roberto Pogi is inker. And then Rachel Rosenberg is colored. Credit given to them. Uh, in terms of my pick of the week and, uh, um, some familiar, uh, names to me, um, Image put out a number one, um, kind of a larger sized uh, issue number one, uh, four ninety nine, of a title called The Few, which features the writing talent of a Mr. Sean Lewis uh, that I've never had the pleasure of actually meeting, but all of uh, the creatives that I know back home in Iowa City know this man um, and know that uh, he does fantastic work. Um, he actually has a uh, role at the theater, um, the community theater in Iowa City, mm. uh, where I'm from. And uh, if you need a um, placement of where he's been within comics, he had his debut with uh, Saints, um, mm. yes. the artist of which uh, being Ben Mackey, who is a, a friend of mine and, uh, and somebody I went to college with. Uh, so Sean... Uh, has come out with a brilliant world uh, depicted in the few. The the opening up to the page um, straight away, we get a graphic that says "Palace Drinking Water Status Critical." So we get a map that highlights basically um, what the issue is um, and which states are in "quote unquote" palaces control. Um, I understand palace to be um, the new order basically mm. um and uh it's it's showing that the states have disbanded um our union no longer is the case um and there's some states that have not been brought back into um what exists as government control um the whole of the midwest uh is not in there as parts of uh the mountain ranges but the west and the east coast and the dakotas um, are under palace control. And uh, so the map is highlighting um, in with the focus of water 
as uh, what needs to still be. Oh, and then Alaska and Hawaii have also not been uh, taken. Um, but water is the key thing that is uh, driving this uh, palace offensive. And when you open up uh, the pages, um, the art done by Miss, uh, uh, Mr. Miss, uh, hey, I guess Hayden is kind of a, it doesn't matter the gender, Hayden uh, Sherman. Um, it's a very messy art style. And sometimes I'm like, ah, I can't get behind such a messy art style. But once you're reading it in the context of, um, the world and we are in a dystope, um, I know it's a very popular thing to do dystopes, but this feels like a very, it's just a very cut and dry dystope. Like we're fighting over water. If you're a musical theater fan, you're in town. Um, this would be your, you're in town, uh, on steroids, um, because everyone's fighting over water. And, um, the main, um, conflict takes place in Montana and, um, the palace, um, basically, uh, the, 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 Soldiers of the palace regime um, are breaking up camps of um, the rebellion, mm. basically. And uh, we follow this girl that is getting um, that's getting chased by um, the rebellion, um, and uh, or not chased by the rebellion. She, th- the palace regime, is basically making their way through this elaborate um spiral of uh rvs that mm-hmm. is basically you you uh go to it and it just looks like a town but really all it is is a spiraling to make streets between um mobile homes and trailers um so i thought that was a really cool way of showing circling the wagons and the wagons being giant rvs um and uh the palace regime comes in they start uh busting up the um rebellion and one of the uh people one of the citizens basically says take my child and this woman is making her way through the forest trying to uh rescue the child um and there's a mixture of um palace and rebellion people that she needs to uh fight through um, even though the rebellion's basically just getting slaughtered. And um, at the end, we see two uh, rebellion members that refer to themselves as the few. Um, they're the militia of what's left of of them. And then you find out at the very end, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's just going to create such context. Um, this is a number one. This is, yeah, this is a number one. Um is that the um, main character, her name's Eden Hale. She refers to herself as Hale. She's being taken in by the rebellion people. Um, And at the end it says, name Eden Hale, rank first captain of the palace, mission infiltrate and destroy the remainder states of America. Though this might not be how it was planned. And it cuts to a sort of dossier of her saying that she is a palace agent on recon aptitude results and uh, that she found water um, and they placed her to basically look like a rebellion member. Mm. But she was helping a child um, 
in the forest and was it wasn't at any point saying i'm a palace member i'm palace i'm palace 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 to the palace people that were attacking her so you're rooting for her and then at the end you're like oh like you just feel dirty right at the end um because i think we're a society essentially built on rebellion and if there's any oppressive government then we want the rebellion to succeed even though at the top of the hour we were talking about um the bastardized version of that idea of rebellion against quote-unquote oppressive um and their idea of what is oppressive um in terms of story we gravitate towards the rebels um so that was an interesting play at the very end been duped yes um so now so now I'm not sure how I feel about Hale, but I do know how I feel about this title. It was it was an amazing uh, first issue. Um, I'm happy whenever um, fellow Iowans make good shit, and this was and good shit. The art is great, and it, yeah. it reminds me quite a bit of Frank Miller. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is very Frank Miller esque. Um, it's black and white. Um, there's uh, definitely the touches of red. Uh, for all of the blood that is shed in this, and then sepia tone, um, and that's it, pretty much. And yeah, it definitely has a feel of of three hundred. Um, I think that even though it's not so much a um, the splash of like say uh, thirty days of night, there was times where I felt like there was some flavors of thirty days of night. Um, not so much in a graphic artist way, but um, uh, just kind of in the messy messy zen of it like you look at it and you think oh these are kind of messier um characters they're not so like clean lines but i'm i still think it's like aesthetically very um very beautiful Mm -hmm. um so yeah so that was the few check it out uh first issue uh 4.99 since it's kind of a oversized issue from image but definitely definitely worth it and it was a thicker read which i always appreciate in the week whenever i get like a full fuller issue what was your second title my second title uh i'm gonna start by saying the art was done by daniel aruda massa and the story was by nick marino Mm -hmm. and there's a backstory it was i believe it's still yeah uh the artist again is Daniel Arudo Massa, and the writer is Rosie Knight. Letters by Nick Marino, and you can find Rosie Knight and Nick Marino on a previous episode of It's Pronounced Zane, oh, another cool. podcast here on the Meltdown Network. <laughs> but uh, I wanted the the book is Cougar and Cub from Action Lab. Cool, love and Action Lab. The oh man, this book is. S- so great cougar and cub are a superhero duo not Mm -hmm. unlike batman and robin nice uh but the the endless joke on batman and robin uh comes true for our cougar and cub okay what happens when the hero and sidekick hook up oh gosh all right (laughs) uh Oh my god. It's so like there's if you didn't know you should know before you read this because there's so many little jokes of like cr- fighting crime is so hard. I love pounding the criminals. <laughs> uh just lots of great little uh 
So there's like a joke every turn, and you don't uh, want to spoil too many of them. Yeah. Uh, it's also, um, I wouldn't know if I can't. <sighs> Golden Age and Silver Age kind of blur a little bit in my mind, but mm-hmm. it's very much an in between yeah. uh, of those kinds of books with villains. Uh, well, let me find the villains' names because they are fantastic. Uh, we have. Mischievous, Jester of Anti-Justice, Sugar Mama, Madam of Mayhem, Norm, Bastion of Blandness, Father Fornicator, Pontiff of Perversion, and Diaper Rash, Infant of Impropriety. And just like lots of... I guess lots of... Uh, Tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's very silly. Play, uh, playing though. into the camp. Yeah, but yeah. also very adult. Okay. It's... Worth a read. Okay. And then Cougar and Cub, uh, is one's a woman and one's a guy? Yes. Uh, I don't think they give Cougar's age, but Cub is 18. He's just turned 18, and it, the whole kind of thing starts. Well, she's called Cougar. I'm guessing she's probably she's, older. Oh, she's, yeah. But they don't give her like an exact age. But uh, then Batman's probably much older than, than Robin, Robin in yeah. terms of age gap. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, uh, uh, Rosie Knight does a story in the back that's uh, a bit of uh, it's a it's an issue about Cougar and Cub. It's like an old it's a comic. Oh, oh God, you're reading a comic throwback. About, yeah, Cougar got and it. Cub. Uh, and it's so funny. It's it starts with them out on the night looking for villains, uh, and they're just so bored. Mm. And then they get to talking like, oh, there's no girls that like me. Oh, you'll do fine. <laughs> and one thing leads to another. So that sounds like a great premise. Definitely sounds fun and funny. Um, and I can't say I'm surprised that it's coming out of Action Lab. They definitely do <laughs> a lot of funny stuff. Uh, so that's good to hear. I, I'm definitely going to give that one a read um, after we get done with this podcast. Um, the last title that I had um, was uh, another number one in uh, the series of Rebirth titles that are coming out um, in The Ray um, and Justice League of America. I um, really loved how they gave truly a good rebirth to the character of The Ray. Um, As mentioned before, um, I think on the previous podcast, if not before that, my my knowledge of the Justice League of America is that there's like so many people that have been a part of the Justice League um, that when I was reading the Justice League, there was like 30 members, not just like the core seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ray is one of those most memorable uh, ones. So it was uh, nice to read about the Ray um, and remind myself with what is uh, uh, part of that character. So the Ray... Uh, as he's known, um, is uh, al- allergic to sunlight. There's a uh, really any light. Um, if he's uh, near light, the way they depict it in this comic, um, he starts to sort of like uh, like light starts to burst out from his skin um, in like kind of like a cracked fashion, um, and all all that remains of like any light is uh, a TV that he watches like old swashbuckling hero stories on. And so 
that's his only window to the outside. Um, and his mom like basically brings him a birthday cake and says, here you go. Happy birthday. And he's like, can I have any candles? And she's like, are you insane? Like any form of light. And we're just going to have you like have an episode like you did previously. And the whole time he's writing to the one friend, the last friend that he had over, um, that like, started taking pictures of him in the flashes from that, like made him have like a, um, explosive episode again. Um, and that person that he's writing to, it's interesting that it starts out as like, Oh, just a pen pal. But then when you see, um, the Ray grow up, um, and, uh, he starts kind of becoming more of a, a man of a young man. You start to see that he goes from pen pal to, loving this this pen pal possibly and so then it's it's starting to become clear that uh this character isn't just closeted from light but he's closeted as a gay character um and i thought it was like a a, it was like even though it's not necessarily new to start um including um gay characters that um, iceman uh batwoman we're we're having more this one felt like a very good um, introduction to a gay character because it it is that um, trope of being closeted from using your powers and also being closeted in terms of your sexuality and the way that they show him coming out is essentially protecting this um, uh, pen pal. yeah pen pal uh, childhood friend possible love interest um, who's running for mayor and when he's giving a speech about how the city that they're in, which is the most depressing city in America because it's raining all the time and there's no light. <laughs> and uh, he's basically, he says, uh, I don't want us to have that image anymore. I want us to stop living in fear. I want us to um, start helping each other and and make make us realize that we're not in this alone and I don't want anyone to feel depressed. There's uh, um, an extremist um that's uh part of the quote unquote sons of liberty and uh it's funny how not on the nose they are about just like fascists and this just like secret neighbor of yours that's like just so extreme in their beliefs that they'll just like fight you um but he starts to attack uh Camden the pen pal um and the ray steps in and says you're not going to do that um and then the city is introduced to their new hero. Mm. Um, and it was just a really good first issue because it, 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 it introduces a new origin, um, and informs you of what the powers are again, which is manipulation of light. Um, and there's a portion that he can do where he just basically blinks out of existence and kind of becomes, uh, invisible. And, uh, and he, he grabs the extremist, gives them that ability he can sort of transfer his powers in a way and makes them realize like oh my god i'm invisible like i can't be seen i don't i don't understand myself in this moment um and the ray just kind of says to him like yeah it's interesting what happens when you live in somebody else's world for a second Mm. um so it was it was a great introduction to a character it is like the one of the perfect examples of what Rebirth is doing, which is reintroducing characters, giving them their new context, 
and uh, then promising something um, next week, which is the Ray being introduced to uh, the JLA. So if you want, if you like that idea of, of the Ray, um, and you want to check out the first issue, definitely do that. It's very easy price at two ninety nine, Um, and, uh, he'll make another appearance in JLA number one rebirth. So that was a successful episode of Meltcast 3.0. Talked about some politics, talked about some nerdy news and picks of the week and now we will, as we've done uh, for the past three days, bravely go into the fold of L.A. Reign, of Trump America, of um, Nazi face punching, <laughs> and uh, women marching. And uh, yeah, 2017 definitely feels, as we start to see what it could be, it, it feels like... Any day can be a, a a big day. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a a slow slide into celebrity death anymore. It just feels like I'm awake. I'm ready to take it day by day, and uh, we invite all of you to do the same. So thank you for listening to us on this day, and we will speak to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day.